fort on some uh, utility player here. He's got Dobro mandolin. Treat y'all with. <laughs> so um, we, I guess, were formed a couple years ago, and uh, it happened organically. We were in a band together, and all of a sudden we were writing songs and singing together a lot, and it just kind of became what it is now. And so we're going to play our very first song we wrote together for you right now. Way back. This is called Flatline.
we're going to bring it down a little bit. Um, it's about losing somebody that you love. It is called a Little Poetry. I'm going to keep you in here and that man lit out. Nashville, Tennessee. Not up here. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never been here before. 
live all the way in Logan Square, and I've never been here. I'm so delighted. <laughs> the best. So, um, with me being in Nashville, I still kind of pursue my um, solo music while I'm there, and um, that would be fun to share a recent song that I released. It's called Firecracker. I wrote it in the style of Lana Jackson, and if you're familiar with Lana Jackson, she was such a firecracker herself. Uh, tons of grit and growl from the 50s, rockabilly, just sass, and she's she's just fantastic. <laughs> well, let's be honest. So, um, this is called Yeah, there are a couple kids there, so. 
Yeah. You know, you know, if you're a child, you see those things. They're it's like glue and gold. Yeah. They just stick in your hand. It's like magnetic. <laughs> so this song, this next song, which you kind of got a preview of already. Um, I guess you would say this is a about waiting on somebody to make a move and make a choice. I think we've all been there. Yeah, it's like relationship purgatory.
song about it, so I brought it to me. <laughs> and it's called I Got You. But it kind of turned into like an anthem for us, too, you know? <laughs> it did, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. That's it's like, it's like a Sunny and Cher song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's supposed to switch I probably know. He's yeah. supposed to get out the mandolin on that. So yeah, we've been told that this is our Dixie Chick song. Uh, like, however you want to take that, whether it's why we in spaces or after they got slammed for their political remarks and started writing pissed off songs. <laughs> Both are great. Yes. <laughs>
Boston. Have y'all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weirdly yeah. enough, I'm from Boston. So weird. We didn't know each other at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to a little uh, small school called Boston Conservatory, and they are now, I guess, Berkeley College of Music is one and the same with them now. So. Oh. Everybody's shaking their head like, duh, we know this is old news. <laughs> Girl, I went to Emerson, I was right there. Yes, <laughs> my sister did too. Ah! I know. Hey now. So I went to Boston Conservatory and um, I lived right next to Coming Park. I mean, pretty much like across the street. And uh, as you may know, Coming Park sits on, sits on this little street called Yawkey Way. Y-A-W-K-E-Y. And apparently they since changed it, which rude, first of all. Are you serious? Yes, they changed the road. They changed it to David Ortiz Boulevard. <laughs> way less cool. Way, so less way, cool. Way, way and funny story, I actually saw the Ortiz man himself get in a car accident when I was in Boston. He was in like a super sports, like white Audi, and he like tried to do like one of these like 360 turns <laughs> in the middle of Boylston Street, which is a huge street. And like hit this minivan like side to side like what? yes <laughs> nobody was injured but it was just like it was like he turned around and like smacked it was like they were side by side and just smacked it and I saw the whole thing got on the news that night and that's why he deserves his own street that's why he deserves his own street <laughs> <laughs> anyway so this song is called Corner of Yaki about my time living on the corner of Yaki and uh, hope you like.
Oh uh-huh. 
blame somebody. Everybody has that person. Yes. That doesn't mean you don't be kind. You are kind. But you know what's up. You know what kind of is. <laughs> so, got a couple more songs here. And um, this I actually wrote about my mom. My mom is amazing. I, think, I feel like most people think their moms are amazing, but my mom is like, amazing. And um, I had such a wonderful childhood because of her. She gave me all the love that um, she never had. So this is about her. Sometimes I think
We got one more song. And then we'll, you know, answer any <laughs> personal questions. <laughs> it's like gonna be a personal question. <laughs>
that time. <laughs> I'll wait if there's like. So Daniel, what do you what do you want to do in terms of like question format? Here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I think that we should like take two. Okay. Take two, and then approach, and then like if anyone has questions, we can like approach microphones so that we get like really good audio. Okay? Nah, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Not big of a deal? No. Never mind. Let's just let's just wait. It's good. I have every day in my life, so. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? Do you want to take a couple minutes or do you want to dive right in? I'm going to dive in. Let's just dive in. I got my goggles on, so I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right. Well, um, Tracy, you want to kick it off? Should I, like, say something? or Tracy? I'm Tracy. Hi. Hi. Um, so I was just wondering, like, about your, I guess, musical training. Like you said, you mm -hmm. went to Boco, and I'm wondering, did you, it, was it, like, was your degree classical, or was it in composition, or singing, like, and also, or did you have a degree in music, too? Like, I'm just curious about what road led you to this kind of genre, and that's a loaded question, well, I think that's part of the reason why we work so well together. Um, we both actually have the same training, well, the same degree. She went to the Boston Conservatory for Musical Theater, and I went to the Chicago College of Performing Arts. Hey, that's um, where we went. All right. Um, for musical theater as well. Yeah, so, Joaquin Lewis also says hello. Oh my God! Get out of town. Yeah. Where is he at? There's uh, he's working tonight. There's a bunch of people that know y'all that were like, "Oh, that really sucks." That I'm working. I, know, I was talking to Samantha Adagrilli last night about you. Shut up. Yeah. Not sure what you. Why they're not here? Oh my gosh, Joaquin! You have to tell them I say hello. I don't even know where he's at these days. Please yeah. tell them I say hi. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he listens to the podcast. You'll have to. You'll have to come back. For another yes. one, we will, and then and it'll be packed with your adoring Chicago fans. Yes, yeah, we'll be great. Yeah, we are slowly but surely expanding. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. But I don't think we did. We, we didn't answer the entire question. So musical theater. Yes. Okay. So musical theater. I mean, every every singer in musical theater and in the classical is always going to have some sort of classical emphasis in their one-on-one training with their studio teacher. So of course there was some of that, and um, you know I had my fair share arias occasionally. Um, I won't, I won't what arias did you sing? I'm curious. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I when I was a senior in high school, my voice teacher thought I could sing super high and gave me, gosh, Kadanome from Verdi. When you were a senior in high school? Yes, yeah, stupid. She was. She was weird. She, there's no. I have no explanation. That glitter and be gay, let's be honest. Okay. Like, who didn't sing that one? Um, so, but, you know, it's funny, because I, I, I was in a school with a whole bunch of theater kids that were just, like, living, eating, and breathing musical theater, and I loved it. I felt like it was where I needed to go, at least to the Boston Theater. I felt like that was the right thing to do. I didn't really know. Uh, but I've always loved commercial music, and I always kind of felt that I would drift to that side of things. And I didn't really know for sure until my senior year of college when 
I got to take a songwriting emphasis. They formed a class around five of us because we wanted to do songwriting as musical theater majors. There wasn't a class at Boca. So um, they formed one for us, and it was life-changing and incredible. And I realized then that New York was not for me, and that, I mean, I think it was never for me. <laughs> I'm so, like, I, I love Tennessee. I was raised in Tennessee, and I, you know, going back there was, I think, definitely in the cards. So um, exploring songwriting, and when you, when I, do y'all know Sideshow Musical? Yeah. Okay, so my senior year, I was one of the twins in Sideshow. And if it's any sort of exposition, I was like, meh, about it. I was like, opening night, I was like, ugh, okay, like, <laughs> and then, and then, come time for my songwriting showcase, I was tearful, I had, I was just like all over the place, and I was like, this is, this is something, this is a sign. So flash forward, I live in Nashville now, and we met in a corporate event band, and you can kind of tell your story now. No, I, I felt the same way. I went to school for musical theater because I had the opportunity to sing, and I wanted to, of course, hone my craft. Um, and it was an amazing experience, but I grew up writing poetry, and I always wanted to delve more into songwriting. Um, and I figured that I had never even been to Nashville, never been to Tennessee, and I was like, that's where I need to go, of course. From a very young age, I wanted to go there and just collaborate with other artists, with other songwriters who have the same degree of passion as I for that and, you know, really work on my artistry. And so I went, I went only after having visited Nashville for about like, 24 hours. I packed up my things and I went. And um, I spent, I did actually almost three years of long distance. My boyfriend currently lives here. Um, and I was in a corporate band with her. And did I meet you like your second week in Nashville? No, my first week. You walked in and you were like, I like her hair. I like her hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you walked in the door. I don't know what you're wearing. I met her at an audition. She was, well, an audition for the band that I was in. And uh, scoping her out, I was like, she got it. She got it. <laughs> and then we sang together for a long time. Long time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how the Beatles formed, is that uh, John saw Paul and was like, I like his hair. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
And um, I can try to go to LA, I can try to go to New York, but the people that I need to meet are in Nashville. Yeah. And so it's it's a strategic move, but at the same time, like I I got married, I don't know, I graduated in 2012, got married in 2013. So I and we moved immediately to Nashville after we got married. But so for me I was also thinking long term, like you know, I'm building a family now and you know, later on the later down the road, like when I have kids, like that's that's a reality. Like my husband's gonna want kids. So <laughs> he ain't getting any now, but <laughs> but no, at least not right now. So um but anyway I just knew that like Tennessee was a place that I could definitely raise a family in. Not that you can't raise a family in New York and I think that's an awesome lifestyle, but I you, I think you just know where you belong sometimes. Yeah. Even if you have to go there and test it first, you kind of realize where your home is, so Tennessee's always got my heart, so. It also doesn't hurt that Nashville is such a jovial city. I, I mean, everywhere you go, and I think the music is a huge part of that, but it is a very, very happy, bright city. People, place, the whole package. There's too much traffic right now. <laughs> okay. But other than that, <laughs> I don't think so. I think so they're in Chicago. It's teams. <laughs> so um i have a question about like relocating for your art so kaylee ultimately so you went to a school in a different city and then you ultimately moved back megan after did you once you graduated did you move to nashville um, I actually, I did a few other things before I moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, we actually both work on cruise ships too. Oh, and awesome. a lot of <laughs> um, But ultimately, like, you chose to leave the familiar and go somewhere else. And so I'm wondering if you could each speak to, like, Kaylee, the virtues of coming home, and Megan, the virtues of leaving. Well, I told you it'd be a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> so I was raised in East Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee, and um, my parents moved to Fort Myers, Florida when I was in middle school. So I spent my childhood, which was a wonderful childhood, in Tennessee, and um, they, they are still in Florida currently, and that's where I met my husband. And so I, I really resonate with being a Floridian too. Um, so it was kind of like coming full circle, coming back to Tennessee, but it coming to a different part of Tennessee. And even Nashville is very different than the rest of Tennessee. It's, um, it's a lot more progressive. There's a lot of things going on in the build and the influx of people is just surreal. Um, but for me, again, like Tennessee has always had my heart and I don't know if that's because of my childhood. Um, just finding home and finding security in that space. So it's, I don't know. I, I think for me, I can't really escape that. I don't know if that answers the question. But. No, I mean, it's whatever you, it's whatever answer you, you have. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, I moved around a ton when I was little. Um, I was born in New York. Spent half my childhood in Boston, yes. New York and Boston, aren't I right? know, I same. know. Same. I, it was dangerous territory because I was a Yankees fan and it was just bad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. No. Yeah. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I, I love Boston. I actually feel so lucky to have spent um, a very long time in three amazing cities um, and have been able to, at some point in time, call them my home. And um, I love Boston. I loved Nashville. And I still go to sing and collaborate with her. And um, I just knew when I came to, I came to school in Chicago. And I always knew I wanted to go to another city for wherever I went to college. I auditioned at a million different places all over the country. I did not want to audition for anywhere in Boston. <laughs> um, I wanted to really explore. I really wanted to explore, and so I did. And then I always knew I wanted to move to Nashville. And I did, and that was great. And it's actually weird because I, for the first time in my life, feel like I'm putting down roots and officially calling someplace my home um, as an adult and, you know, growing my family. And um, I, Kaylee told me before I moved back to Chicago, she was like, you always lit up like a Christmas tree every time you talked about Chicago. So I felt like it was very fitting, but I, you know, get home to Boston and I go to Tennessee and I don't think I'll be moving anywhere else, but um, I think it takes a certain type of person to um, be willing to leave the familiar and leave what you know, and um, it's so worth it. Every every moment, every bit of it is so, so, so worth it. So I noticed that in a lot of your songs, there's a sense, a real sense of like longing and a real sense of like what could be. And this, this could perhaps be like, be like, you know, huh, artist in me, but I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the fact that you live in separate places and you don't have that like immediate cling and you don't have that immediate connection. If that at all influences your subject matter or if it's mainly based on like love lost. <laughs> Well, it's actually a recent development that we oh, yeah, that was very, very separated different locations. Um, so, really, it's about the relationships in our lives. Yeah. Um, I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I I did three years of long distance with my boyfriend, and I can tell you, it is not easy. And regardless, with any relationship, even you know with friends, family, it takes a lot of work and a lot of maintenance to keep in touch with those that you love, especially when, you know, if you live very far, if, you know, friends and family are scattered throughout the country or the world, um, it takes a lot of effort. And it is not easy, especially with your significant other, to um, make that work, but, so I think there is definitely a sense of longing. Um, uh, so, some of the songs were definitely, um, centered around that, but definitely, definitely worth it. You can make it work. Long distance, not easy, but <laughs> we made it. Yay! As far as, like, um, as far as subject matter goes, um, I mean, all of our songs are based in some sort of truth, and then I think as artists, you know, you embellish, you, you know, maybe you're a little hyperbolic, uh, you go in a direction that the song lends itself to sometimes, you have to do what's best for the song. And I think um, some of them, like, for example, I didn't see, it kind of came from a place of an, a hypothetical situation of, it started from hurt, and then, oh, you know, like when you, 
have time to sit and brood and pine and you just think of like all these like what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. And then all of a sudden you're crying and you're just like, <laughs> it's never, it's not even true. <laughs> In a way that song is kind of that. You're, you're painting a picture that is not definite. But that's what the mind does. And you know, and we, I think also like, Anything is fair game. I think our job as songwriters and musicians is to constantly be perceptive, perceptive and receive inspiration every day. I mean, like, I'll be in the shower. My husband did. He just laughs at me. I'll be in the shower, and of course, because I'm not, I don't have anything in front of me, I'm sitting there thinking about song lyrics and a melody and a hook. And I'm like, hey, go get the recorder. <laughs> Sometimes we write about it and we write from their perspective. Yeah, that has um, definitely been a trend in our music. Is I feel like we're professional people watchers, you know, not just in, uh, you know, daily life with strangers, but, you know, in terms of our family and friends. And um, everybody goes through really hard times, and it's sometimes really great to take a perspective and step outside the box from yourself and write about, you know, a relationship um, that you're familiar with from perspective. Cool. I, yeah, no, I've, I've got the, I feel like the most important question, have you released any recordings or are you going to? Well, we were, we've been in the process, um, I, we were kind of recording two project the same, mm. projects at the same time, like my solo album, which I actually have here, I released that June 15th. Um, and then our duo project, which we were releasing it, we were recording at the same time, but we just have, it takes time and yeah. <laughs> One thing at a time. It's getting there. It, it, it will, yes, it will eventually come to fruition. But I have to, I actually, there is one song left on the album that I have to go back down to Nashville and spend the day in the studio. So, when that happens. So I actually, um, speaking of like getting songs together, I'm wondering, um, like you know, you, I I always like hearing like how inspiration comes mm -hmm. and how that actually happens, and I'm wondering like if you know if, if it's kind of like equal parts. What am I trying to say? I'm wondering if there's one person who like is mainly like the melody person mm. and the music person, and if there's one person who's like lyrics, or if you're both equal parts. If that's a legitimate question. I feel like it depends on the song. Yeah, it kind of depends on the song. Sometimes she'll bring lyrics to me and I'll put a melody to it. And yeah, we'll be like texting back and forth that are on houses, and I'll, <laughs> I'll be like, I have a song idea, and I'll, you know. Send her the lyrics, and then she'll send me a voice recording back over, and then you know we'll just be back and forth. But other times we're just talking about life, and we'll be like, oh, "That's a song," and then we'll just start right. Yeah. I mean, I would. I guess as far as like the musicality goes, like I'm the one with, my, with the guitar in my hands. So I think a lot of times, like I will kind of dictate where the melody goes, um, or sometimes it's just trying to explore like what her vision is. And, and then, you know, from there we kind of adjust. And so every song is a different project, and 
um, comes from different places, I suppose. Cool. So, do you have any big genre influences? Any songwriters and singers that you guys looked up to? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I personally love Alison Crowley. Yes! Oh, she's incredible. The best. You know, she's the she's won the most Grammys as a female artist. I think it's like 18 or something. 17. I'm probably wrong. Don't look at me do that. <laughs> but I know it's in the teens. Might be 12. But she's insane. Um, and then you know, lately, like there's only a handful of country music musicians that I really like, um, and Miranda Lambert is one of them. And she's super big and super famous. But I love how authentic she is, and she's allowed to be authentic now because she played, she played the rules. She played by the rules for a while in Nashville, and she was her sassy self, and now she gets to be free um, <laughs> and do whatever the crap she wants. And so I have respect for her writing. Um, I think she always writes from a good place. And um, but then I always, you know, go back and look at the old stuff too because I love, I love Wanda Jackson. And I grew up dancing to Brooks and Dunn in my living room when I was a kid. So I love like 90s country too, and so it's kind of just, I will immerse myself in a genre and then try and like, replicate something that would have fit there. Cool. Yeah, I um, I love Etta James, I love Sam Cooke, um, and my favorite contemporary artist is Bon Iver. Uh, have that. you been to the Eau Claire Festival? No, I have not. <laughs> Please tell me all about it. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, so so uh, Bonnie Bear, his name is Justin Vernon. Uh, he's from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, and every year, every like June, this year was like the second one, uh, he puts up a music festival in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which is like in western, central western Illinois, or not Illinois, in central western Wisconsin. And it's like a bunch of indie artists that he like curates for a couple days. And it's like Bonnaroo, but in Wisconsin. That's cool. That is magical. Yeah. I um, need to attend. Yeah. So it's, it, it'll be next year. So keep, but it's, um, oh, how do you spell? I don't remember how to spell it. A-U. No, it's E, it's. Oh, E-A-U. Yeah. E-A-U-X space C-L-A-I-R-E. There is for There is for sure an X. Wait a minute. Yeah, E-A-U. I'm like, I'm like from this state. How do I not know how to spell it there? I have to know X. There's no X. C-L-A-R-E-S. In this episode description, it needs to say, and everybody tries to spell Um No, but it's like, every, oh. No X. Apparently there's no X. E-A-U. But no, it's really... No, that's E-A-U. I'm looking at it right here. <laughs> E-A-U-X. I would turn my computer, but it would break it. Right. <laughs> anyway, it's really cool. And if you like Bony Bear, you should check it out. I definitely am. I'm and so about this. Yeah, it's really, really fun. A bunch of my friends go every year. Um, so, my next question. You mentioned that... Uh, Miranda Lambert played by the rules in Nashville. Oh, yeah. I'm yes. wondering what those like what the what you're supposed to do when you get to Nashville. So 
it kind of depends on the route you want to take because this day and age with the change of music and the streaming and the lack of um, digital sales has really changed the market and label heads are now, they have to be even more strategic about the artists that they're going to sign. And then also they're not going to put up a ton of money. They're not really interested in artist development anymore. They want an artist to already be developed and then come to them with their own fan base and their own brand and see if they can kind of fit them into the puzzle piece that is the music industry. Um, for example, like nobody's going to sign another Miranda Lambert because there already is one. Right. So for her, I would say, um, and it, it's shifted. She, she got on early, but there's a way to conform. Like there's a, there's a level of conformity that needs to take place. Um, to fit into country music radio, to fit into the brand, to fit into um, all sorts of things. And there's lots of details that I'm sure that kind of dictate what they want. Um, but I, I, at least that's what I'm facing right now. So she conforms, she plays songs, she writes songs, uh, maybe she co-writes, does, she does co-write, but you know, she's singing songs that are gonna be catered to the industry, and then once you're able to kind of make a name, then you can kind of explore. Like, I'm sure you've seen that with a handful of different artists. Um, but if you're independent, like Sergio Simpson, you can make whatever crap you want. Yeah. And uh, you can go win yourself a Grammy and not even be attached to a label. <laughs> well, that's something that's like recently come into fashion, especially with like Chance the Rapper being yes. so vocal about the fact that he's unsigned. Yes. Um, is that a route that y'all are looking to take? Like, are you are you aiming to remain unsigned or are you seeking out label rep representation? Is mm -hmm. that even the word? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like so outside of that world, but. It would be like signing a record deal, which yeah. I, it's one of those things like you have to really understand the music industry and figure out what you want because yeah. there's a way to make a living as an artist and not be attached to a label. When you do attach yourself to a label, your income is drastically different. And um, the way the music business works is, you know, maybe they'll front you, they'll forward you a lot of money, and then there's a lot of times like if you don't do well on a label, they'll kick you off, and then they'll send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> and so. There's, there's a lot That's of things, yeah. but at the same time, these, especially the major labels, I mean, they do a great job at what they do, and they have impeccable resources that are gold on a platter, you know, like, and so you you kind of have to play this game. First of all, do you, can't, do you fit in with that label? Is that label even interested in you? And then if you do sign a record deal, you have, there's just, there's a lot to it. But I mean, there's there's a growing trend with independent artists as well doing house shows, and you know you build a team on your own, but you have to wear all the hats. And if you're not good at wearing all the hats, whether it's booking agent, your manager, PR, you know any sort of thing, you have to wear those hats and learn how it works. So, and if you don't wear the hat, then you have to build a team, somebody that does wear the hat, so that you can achieve those things because those are all really important roles. It There's is, a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I could just play music. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, do you have 
Anything? I do. Yeah. I can, I can keep going. Uh, <laughs> so I know it's quite different from the path you're on, but are there any leftover musical theater dream roles? It's <laughs> funny, I had a hankering when I was in Nashville recently. I guess like a couple years ago. And they were doing Bonnie and Clyde, and I was like, I want to get Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> so I went down and auditioned, and they're like, who the heck is she? <laughs> like, we precast this, who is she? <laughs> no, they kind of precast it. Um, and I guess I was wrenching their plans, because it got to the top three cont yeah. contestants. <laughs> after a couple rounds of callbacks and I'm sitting there and um, and I had said like they ask you on the audition sheet like when you sign up they're like do you want any other role I'm like no only Bonnie that's it I don't want no chorus like if I'm doing this I'm gonna be the lead because I ain't got time <laughs> all or nothing so um, I was in the top three they ended up going with this girl that had basically done work at the Playhouse for years, and they had a in casting, I'm sure. But I will tell you, I've never gotten a sweeter rejection. Uh, <laughs> they were so sweet to me. They're like, oh, no, no, please come back. We might call you back anyway for another thing. So that was that kind of like made me feel better. I was close. <laughs> I guess that's the only one that happened. Yeah, musical theater, I feel like, is um, definitely not as prevalent in the Nashville mm -hmm. arena. Um, but uh, definitely not as prevalent, obviously, as it is in Chicago and New York. Um, but they do have, I feel like it's growing. It's definitely growing. But I did not dabble in any of that while there. I remember her preparing for the audition. We also some, we have a lot of the same like audition material, which I did not know. <laughs> she was practicing. I remember this audition. She was practicing. I was like, oh my god, I sang that in my freshman showcase. I'm like, of course you did. We sang all the same songs. Like, Wait, which songs? So, I'm sorry, I have to know. Disneyland. Disneyland. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> smile. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. There are many others, but. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> So Megan, how recently did you get back to Chicago? I moved back in February. Oh, wow, oh so like really super so recently. recently. Yeah. Yes. And now I have a puppy. <laughs> As you do. He does. Otis and the Rock Life. Are you FF Rock? What have you been up to since coming back to Chicago? I really, other than visiting her, like especially at the beginning, um, going back and forth, um, really just trying to take the time to establish myself, get myself back on my feet, and like find my own version of home here, um, and just enjoying it. Um, and also like communicating with her, going down to Nashville, I, Taken the mega bus probably a hundred times. No, joke. no I joke. refuse. No joke. I refuse. She has, she has four stories. I'm like, I can't risk my life. How long is that bus ride? Yeah. Well, it depends on your luck. Uh, <laughs> um, it's supposed to be 10 hours, but I had the privilege of having a 36 hour mega bus ride. Ooh. <laughs> That's just wrong. Was that your last? What? Was that your last? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no. 
traveling back and forth so often, and it is, it's so easy, and it's sometimes more convenient for your schedule. Like, I can hop on a midnight megabus, sleep a couple hours, and wake up, and I'm there. Um, it's so easy, it's hard to justify. It's pretty, it's very easy. Um, but, the megabus kick in. It's better than Greyhounds. Mm. I don't know. I, I, uh, I it's, it is better than Greyhounds. No, no. Greyhounds. Greyhounds worse, for sure. Yeah. Where'd they go? We took a we took a Greyhound from uh from Baltimore, Baltimore to, New to New York, and it was fine. It's also only a four hour ride, so it better not be bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've had from Boston to New York, which should be a four hour ride. I've had nine hour, ten hour rides. Oh no! Oh yeah. On Greyhound, right? On Greyhound. Yeah. Megabus is okay. I mean, although. Just don't do that at Thanksgiving, thoughts. Okay. I mean, I've, I missed, I almost missed a callback because of the Megabus, mm. which, and I came in, I was sweaty. It was for, um, it was for the national tour of um, Spring Awakening, like back, I think I was like a sophomore in college. And um, I had gotten a couple rounds of callbacks since I was going back into the city, thinking I could leave at 6 a.m. on a bus and get there in time. And I ran, I think like eight blocks. <laughs> and I was a sweaty mess. And I walked in, it was for Liesl. No, no, that's sound music. No, it's Ilsa. Ilsa. Oh, sorry, here. It's for Ilsa. And I remember just sitting there like, in front of them, like singing the songs. I was that moment, I was like, I ain't getting this role, man. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what Scopy Magazine is up to, there's a ton of ways that you can do that. You can head over to our website. That's scopymag.com. You can find all of our recent uh, articles, all of our recent podcast episodes there. Um, this has been a Scopy session. We also do our Scopy Radio, which is an interview intimate in our apartment, hanging out with cats and dope artists that are making awesome work. Um, yeah, otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media. Uh, we post all of our recordings up on Facebook, on our page, Scopy Magazine. You can also see all of our upcoming events so that you, too, can be here live. Um, otherwise, you can also keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram. We at Governor Ronner regularly complaining about how he broke his fax machine. So that, I mean, don't you want to catch that? Um, otherwise, we're also on Instagram. Sometimes we'll post pictures of our cats. Um, our next event is next Tuesday. We'll be down in Pilsen doing... Uh, it's going to be Noise Bias, an all-female right. contemporary music ensemble. Yeah. All-female performers performing all-female composed music. Yeah. And then um, Thursday, we'll be back here at the Heartlands 
red line tap for, for our DIY Fest. Yeah. Um, DIY Chicago is a Facebook group full of amazing, like, DIY artists. Uh, we put out a call for musicians saying, hey, do you want a, an opportunity to perform? And we got a bunch of sound clouds. We chose our favorite, favorites. <laughs> and, um, and so you can come down next week and hear five local Chicago bands some like out. some noisy, some kind of singer singer songwriter. Yeah. But it's just it'll be a really interesting little festival. Absolutely. And what I would love from y'all, where can we find you online? Yeah. Nice. Awesome. All right. Um, and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. If you'd like to hear more of our voices and other people's voices and other people's music and other people's opinions, please consider giving. Um, if you are in a position that you are able to give, head to our website, scopymag.com. If you, if you become a monthly subscriber this week, this not this week, this month, uh, you will be entered into a contest to win a recording of Ross Crean's new opera, The Great God Pan, which I am featured on. Um, it is a study in sexual morality and gender fluidity. It's super cool, super dark. Check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, if you become a monthly donor, you'll be entered into a contest to win that. And you'll just have our undying love and affection, and you'll have the knowledge that you have helped us put this stuff on. Uh, give a little, give a lot, and if you cannot give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool, thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Woo! Woo!